All right. Wednesday morning. We're back at it. This is a system I have in place. And uh, the system includes walking a dog. This is Buddy's owner. These are the Arizona Schnoodle walks for the global world. There's only 5 million people in Arizona, if that. So you other 6 billion people on the planet, I try to let you enter into my world. Enter into my world of Arizona. So we, uh, it's December. And uh, for us, it's not bad. It's a little chilly. It's uh, 61, a little warmer than yesterday. And, uh, oh no, 56, okay. I had a little rain last night. And uh, so here we are. And, man, I had a couple of epiphanies, ideas. And I forgot my sunglasses. Dang it. You know, sunglasses, do I? I'm not going to bother to go get them. But um, the sun is breaking through the clouds. And, uh, you know, this is Arizona. So everybody's got a pair of sunglasses, man. Even my prescription ones. Got to have them. But I will sacrifice the sunglasses for this morning's podcast. You're, that's how special you guys are. <laughs> that's how sarcastic I am. Um, oh man, what are some gems? Gems. Um, I did, my wife gets frustrated with me. And may, maybe you do too, because I talk a lot. But hey, this is a podcast. So what do you what do you expect on a podcast? Talk a lot. But I, it's a, a breakthrough for me because I think I'm getting some validation and that and i know we don't need a lot we shouldn't need validation if you're like an entrepreneur it's probably lonely right you're but wouldn't you like some affirmation so i guess some of the coaching people get involved in and systems and trainings and get togethers it's encouraging because you don't you that's when you realize you're you're not alone so if um and pure entrepreneurs, because I, or entrepreneurs that are further along the Gaussian distribution curve of maturity, um, realize that uh, uh, we're all entrepreneurs. And it's this traditional, this concept of, you know, trading time for money thing. There's, I just Googled that up this morning and had my wife read it. Just because it struck me, look, trading time for money, that's kind of the traditional path. And so reading the article about that, it's, that, that is how, unfortunately, basically 90, probably 9% of the working is basically exchanging time for money. It's like time is the basis, like the arbitrary basis we've decided like, okay, I'm going to do this for me and I'm going to pay you by the hour. Whereas... The alternative, I said, well, what's the opposite of trading time for money? And there is no simple answer. 
they say it's entrepreneurship, but what does that really mean, right? So then it, it had to have like seven points to get away from trading time for money. And I'm processing this thing through because I'm older person and I'm like, well, I basically have been living the lie of trading time for money. And all along the life, I mean, some people figured out and they get the, another way of dealing with that is to have multiple streams of income, whether you buy homes and rent them out or, or whatnot, or invest in financial things that will pay a return so that your money's work making, your money is making money for you all the time. So a lot of people have got this. It's not like a super new revelation. But uh, so entrepreneurship uh, works when you have, what's your product, service, what do you offer people? And can you package it so that it's available, something that people want? And uh, you package it in a way that uh, they can get it for a small fee, a small fee, a value fee, right? Value. And that's where the trick is. It's like, well, how do you place a value on your product service that you offer? And traditionally, it's like a, the mindset. Everybody's geared around this dollars per hour type of thing. So even if you have someone that wants, you know, pool service, for example, you know, people will say like, well, I'll come do a swimming pool for 80 bucks a month. And then the, the customers are kind of like, have this expectation of like, what am I getting for my 80 bucks? You know, and they're like, the, a lot of people will look at that and say, well, the guy comes over every two weeks for 45 minutes. So we'll make it easy for an hour. So two so basically, I'm paying this guy 40 bucks an hour to come to my house, right? So, because 80 bucks a month, two hours of work, and someone may decide, like, eh, I guess that's okay, 40 bucks an hour. That's that's what I, you know, I get paid 40 bucks an hour, so why don't I pay him that way? So it is a mindset shift to go to, like, well, what's... What's it worth to have a clean pool that you can enjoy for 10 hours a month, right? So now does the equation become um, $80 divided by 10 hours of enjoyment? So it's only eight bucks an hour. And then it's like, whoa, that sounds mentally, you're like, whoa, that sounds like a smoking deal, right? I'm getting 10 hours of enjoyment for this guy's two hours of concentrated work to make sure the pool is awesome, you know. So there was a drift. I did not plan to talk about that, but I think that's some valuable information for people. For you. So eventually I'll probably get feedback like this podcast absolutely sucks. Or the feedback's gonna be, yeah, I like the kind of random real life, real stream of consciousness thinking, because some of the stuff you say is uh valuable it's interesting so what I I had a discussion with my wife and so some of the stuff is like self-awareness growth understanding so we had an interesting discussion on arrogance 
So you're the listeners of this. Oh, and uh, humor, I guess it was. And uh, the discussion went along the lines of like, well, some people think you're arrogant. And uh, and then I realized, you know, um, that's kind of a tricky concept, arrogance, because I know for a fact that I, my brain never says to myself, well, say this because that's going to show that you're arrogant or say this because, you know, obviously you want to be arrogant. So if you say this, you will be arrogant, right? So I think I'll name the, this podcast arrogance because I want to dig deeper into the concept of what arrogance might be because I don't know yet, but we're going to talk it out right now on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, baby. Hope you're excited about arrogance. So um, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you probably have an opinion like, hey, is this guy arrogant? And it's like, I don't know. Maybe I am. Can I, I guess I just have to accept how I am perceived by others. And that's where my whole thought process with my wife came in, which is she probably doesn't see how valuable it is. But I, I try to tell her like, hey, this is a great discussion because you know, perceptions, there's this concept that, that I don't like. Nobody seems to like this. Perception is reality, man. And the only way I can justify that expression is to say, yeah, okay. Perception is reality for you, for whoever's perceiving it. And that fits into this arrogance discussion because is not arrogance simply just our perceptions of someone else's behavior or, or words? So, you know, I, I honestly, if I think about it, and, and I hopefully you will too, is do you really think, you, you can probably think of someone that comes across as arrogant to you, but honestly, I don't think it's in their head. It's not, it's not in their head to decide like, hey, I'm going to be arrogant this morning. You know, you, people, people don't wake up and go, oh, yeah, it's time for me to be arrogant. So arrogance is purely a perception and observation by other people. So um, I'm on a journey of, of complex thought. And part of it is I am a really sensitive person. This came out to how other people might feel, which is a great thing. But apparently my thoughts and things are come across as arrogant or offensive. Now, you've been listening to me, hopefully, for a while and got a flavor. And again, it's just, it's perception. And what are perceptions? Are they, are everyone's like, if you had 10 people perceiving something, you get a, you get a mixture of perceptions. Like one person may say, well, that guy's really arrogant. I can't believe it. Uh, Or I had one guy at work one time say, oh, you're such a pompous ass, you know? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't. I'm not deciding that I want to be a pompous ass, but I can't. I mean, I guess I could see that hits his perception. And if he perceives me as a pompous ass, well, what am I supposed to do about it? It's like I don't. Again, I don't decide. Like, oh, I'm today. Today, I want to really work on my pompous ass skills. <laughs> and, 
<laughs> and, and I really, I'm just, I don't know how you, how you're listening to this. You're probably like, oh yeah, that guy, I think I've been listening to this podcast and this guy is one hell of a pompous ass. And I'm like, I don't know if that's, I mean, I, I, I in my heart, I want to deny it. And I just want to say, well, if that's your perception, then fine. Right. So I can't change your perception. And so I don't know where I stand. So I think time, got to give people some space, time, and understand them on deeply underneath. And I, I think one of the reasons I wear my, my wife's worn out, like, we've been talking about this for an hour. You know, it's because her time schedule, her concept of time, is she wants to get something done. So fortunately, we have a dog. So I can, she can kick me out of the house and say, here, the dog wants to get a walk, so go walk the dog. Thus, the core reason for this podcast is this dog needs to be walked. And we love him. We love Bud. Bud's having a good time this morning. So arrogance. Arrogance. Perceptions. And there's another thing I've learned about myself is that I come up with ideas and I kind of jump to the conclusion. And that's an expression we use a lot, jump to the conclusion. But really, I mean, in my, from my perspective of that phrase, it's like my brain just works at a pretty high speed. I would say like in a computer world, it would be like clock speed. Like I'm like, I'm like, boom, 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 process, 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 boom. Here's a funny, witty ending. And, uh, I probably comedians are probably like that. Comedians probably have really high clock speeds. So one of the like uh, personal growth and development for me is to remember to, ex- you know, people are going to think I'm just winging it, <laughs> which for this podcast, technically this is one big winging it, but I've told you before that, it's really the preparation is 50 years of life. Right? And that's, I do prepare for this podcast. It's just not in the, the way that you think preparing is. Right? Isn't that cl- that's kind of a clever excuse. So um, it's spinning things. right? I'm, I'm a spin master, spin meister. So, um, and I'm comfortable with that. I mean, that makes sense. 50 years of my life. It's all led up to these moments. You know, I had to like study how to walk a dog properly. <laughs> no. Um, so the perceptions, where was I? Dang it. Dang it. This brain clock speed. That's it. Clock speeds. Um, I will be in situations, apparently, this is like a trait, and I'm not alone in this. There's some people that just like think things through in their head because they're engaged and they're listening. And they they go step one, step two, step three. Okay, I got it, five. And so they verbalize five, even though they've mentally gone through steps one, two, three, four before they get to five. But all you hear is step five. So uh, depending on the person, like my personality is to be a little snarky with my 
number five. I probably should have stopped at four, said four, let's verbalize four, and then verbalize five, the snark, afterwards, if I want to be funny, right? Because we all like to laugh, right? And uh, humor is a good thing. Lighten up, man. So um, for me, that's my brain works that way. And so can I change? Yeah, I can. And, and, and that's probably what I'm circularly coming around to this book writing thing. Because what book writing does forces me to slow down and express things that take a little bit more time. And I'm pretty impatient in my communication because I am sensitive to people. And I know you all have things that are you're concerned about. That's why I say that you're the hero. So you are, you have your own things to overcome and I have mine today. And I haven't even, I'm already off on a mental journey trail, which I'm trying to figure out how to make it maximum usefulness out of it. So, um, oh, morning. The big, the big schnauzers, man. No trouble, man. Okay. You too. So, um, the dogs are out. So explaining how I get to steps five will help other people's understanding. So it may be correlated with arrogance because I'll go right to the fifth thing, verbalize it. People listening to it will be like, well, how do you you get to that conclusion? I mean, the only way you can get to that conclusion is if you're like arrogant, I guess. But they don't know um, how I got there. And they can't know unless they can read minds. And I'm becoming much, much, much more sensitive to the amount of mind reading we do. It's like, but it's probably part of our communication system in that you engage in a conversation and someone's talking. What I naturally do is like, well, where are they coming from? What's the background? How did they get to this point? So my brain thinks about that stuff. Maybe yours doesn't, but I... I think like, well, how did this person, they're telling me about their baby who's puking at two in the morning for five days in a row. It's like, okay, what else? What else? And so you're curious, like, what else? What, you know, this is, you're just hearing the top level summary, but is there more behind it? Is there more there? Is there, what, what other information do I need to know to comment or engage in conversation? So your brain might be listening, attentively, trying to figure it out. So something you're hearing the person's only expressing um, specific information that you know about, but there might be more behind it, right? There, well, then, then, then that might be. There is always more behind every statement. It might be why I'm so like hypersensitive to Twitter, because you only get 140 characters to make a statement, and then um, that's it. So it's wide open for mind reading. You know, you got to be able to, you know, what it can't be just that simple statement. There's got to be something more behind it. And Twitter's terrible for that because that's all you get is you get a statement. 
you don't know the background. You don't know what led up to that thought. So in some ways, Twitter's challenging my own personal development to get better at uh, communicating. So I'm down by the wall right now. Just finishing up some construction here. So uh, yeah, so I got a chance to explain the great relationship. So I have a few hooks. They call them hooks, but they're not really hooks to me. They're like core, core concepts, which I'm trying to, which I want to live out. I'm trying to live this out, which is the great relationship, which is the Holy Spirit, which is God he told us. He didn't send us the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? What uh, what else does John said at the end of the Gospel that Peter was comparing himself? John asking, well, what's going on with John? And Jesus said, what's that to you? You follow me. So the takeaway that what now for everybody today is don't compare yourselves to other people. It's so it's like the default position because we want affirmation, validation. So we look at somebody else and it's like, well, how are we doing compared to that person? You know, and uh, it's just natural. To do that, see, it's the default, I think, position, and it's that's what Peter did. I mean, look, here's a guy that spent three years with Jesus, and he's still going back to the default position of like, "Hey, man, how do I stack up compared to John?" And Jesus says, "What's that to you, man? You follow me." So we're called to follow him. That is a powerful message for people, and. It's possible through because God, Jesus promised the Holy Spirit would come. And we don't talk about it because people can't, it's not physical. Like you could point to Jesus, a physical body came in the flesh. But we're, when we should, I say we should be pointing to the Holy Spirit as mysterious as it is. And it's funny, it's humorous because it's like it's been there as Rob, as Rob Bell would say. It's been there, or he's been there the whole time. And this is not about manipulating other people's behavior. And that's a fundamental problem I have with most sermons and messages. And my wife doesn't like, it's hard for my wife to listen to me because she loves singing and going to church. And the people aren't bad. So like I kept, had to remind her that, no, my, my fundamental core process is to love everyone always, okay? Now, people may not, and maybe I, I don't know, I haven't heard people verbalize it, but it's helpful if people would always verbalize, hey, look, man, let's just love everyone always. We're not all, we don't have it all together. We don't have it all right. Let's go on this transformational journey. And we all have different things that, God's calling us to do. Now, I question some of I question the value of virtue signaling and discussing racism in a uh, a church which is nicknamed All White Tukey. And, and it's just, it's like, I don't think we're racist. It's just, this is where we live, you know? And 
I just don't see it's I can't I don't feel in my heart that I'm a racist and so it's like you know there's this well you have white privilege well I also have male privilege right so that's my next thing is take it up a level you want to talk about white privilege how about why don't we just start with more basic male privilege right so all you women out there if, if every woman would immediately respond when they hear white privilege if they would just shout out male privilege <laughs> then i would i would love to get behind male privilege because isn't that bigger than white privilege of course it's huge right but this is where the political agendas come in right so at the moment white privilege is more fun to like skewer people over like you know discount discount what i'm saying because i'm white you know oh he's just got white privilege you know i'm like no i i'm a human being and i again it's it's politics like i don't go into the voting booth and say oh i guess i guess i'm an, a white evangelical male oh like 80 81 of us vote for trump oh, okay yeah that's what i'm supposed to do I'm supposed to vote for Trump because 81% of white evangelicals vote for Trump. And I'm like, this is backwards. Well, we all know that the statistic is simply that people don't actually think that way. But the the, the people that have an agenda that want to like beat on white evangelical men or whatever will 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 trout that out or trout, whatever they call that. They'll they'll bring that out. And it's like no, people vote. They just vote. And it, and it came to me last night when I was dreaming. I was like, you know, we spend so much media. There's so much media energy behind debating all this political crap. And I participate in it. And I probably need to get my blinders on and not do it. But I'm being honest and transparent with you, the listener, because I care about you. and I And I care about myself. So the way I need to care about myself is to be aware what the hell I'm doing, right? So I'm, I, for entertainment purposes, I call it entertainment to listen to some people babble on and argue about shit. But then I realized in the middle of the night, I was like, wait, I don't, what is going on here? I mean, basically in November of 2016, for about 12 hours, 120 million people went in and cast a ballot. That's it. They just cat. They just voted. Okay, and a lot of the people we don't we can't control. We're not supposed to. There's no need to try to control all 120 million or 140 million voting thoughts and minds. You just it's all marketing, I suppose, right? So they're all everybody's marketing for their position, and that's what I guess I disturbs me. I just realized how much that that 12 hours. You know, yeah, obviously there was months leading up to it. There was all kinds of things leading up to it. People make their decisions. They don't look at their, they don't look at their skin color and go, I'm going to do this, right? This is back to white privilege. It's like, might as well, let's talk about male privilege, you know? Why not? Well, if we're going to talk about white privilege, what about the worst privilege is male privilege? I mean, all this sex traffic in the news, it ain't women doing it. I mean, there's a few evil women that are probably enabled it. But for the most part, it's a man's thing. It's a male privilege problem, right? 
So that's what we, you know, if you want to talk about privilege and words matter. So we're going to name it. So I just named it on this podcast, male privilege. So I guess the podcast has just changed or added. It's like arrogance dash male privilege. (laughs) So, So male privilege, baby. I love it. I love it not because I am supporting male privilege and I think it's a good thing. But it, it, it shifts the political debate into non-racial terms. It's, it's going up a level because there's males that are Asian. There's males that are blacks. There's males that are white, right? So there's males of all races. And historically, for all time, women, come on, raise a glass, as Rob Bell says. You got to raise a glass. I want everybody, as soon as someone brings up white privilege, go, no, 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 not going to talk about white privilege until we deal with the more fundamental problem, which is male privilege. Raise a glass. Yeah. 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 So, um, we vote. We go in 30 minutes. We do our thing in November. And then for the next four years, we bitch about it. There's like the, the talking heads and the media and the marketing. And they're, they're looking for the next campaign and how do we strategize. And we're all being manipulated to, uh, for some reason. And what's disturbing to me, what pissed me off, is that there's this religious organization that has a $4 million budget supporting a dude and a staff that just promotes political agenda shit. And I'm like, wait a minute, isn't the scripture say that we're all citizens of heaven and we're supposed to be above politics? Yeah, that's that's kind of the message, isn't it? So so why is a religious organization spending four million dollars or more and the tangential avenue of having George Soros and other political agenda ridden people influencing a religious organization? To decry that, oh, it's, it's, I don't think it's a good thing that 81% of white evangelicals are voting for Trump. Oh, that's terrible. Even though 78% voted for Bush. So it's really, we're talking about probably an error. It's like, it doesn't matter whether it's Trump, Bush. People voted their Republican way, and I'm not defending Republican. I'm just saying, these are numerical analysis. And I'm not telling you what the answer is. What I'm getting at is like, it just doesn't matter. And I got sucked in. I continue to get sucked into wasting energy on this issue. I just need somebody. I need to talk to myself. I need to hear it from other people. That it just doesn't matter. Stop expending the energy. People just go vote every four years. Make your vote, cast your ballot, and move on. We have more important things to do. And I, and this is painful for me to say to myself, but I got some buy-in from my wife, which I need some encouragement. And she's also telling me, like, just do what you're here to do then, Mike. You know, just do it. So now I have encouraged. I needed that. And it was inside my soul the whole time. And my communication sucks a lot. So that what I learned about myself is I my communication sucks within myself. 
It's not perfect, right? So just to wrap up the political thing, my brain, because it's been so politically debate, because I just like debate anyways. So I get sucked into any debate. So I'm not a, I'm not a one-issue debater. <laughs> debate sports, debate this, debate, debate, debate. That's me. Yeah. And, I, and it's not just sin that I'm that way. I am that way, and I also am a sinner. So when the discussions like gets complicated, because sin will come out of that, you know, debate. I'll say something. I'll, you know, uh, offend people with things. But now, now I'm drifting back into perceptions again, which maybe we'll close up with that too. But um, the 81% just really is a craw, just like, that gnaws at me when I hear this guy talk about the 81% of white evangelicals and when it was 78% for Bush. So it doesn't matter. It's like he's making a huge deal out of one dude when it's within the air of the data, right? And so what does that tell me too? It's like, well, what, what do you think it should be? Do you think it should be 50%? Do you think it should be 25%? What do you think? Do you think it should be 100%? It's like, no, it's just, I'm just, he just throws out red meat. He's just throwing out red meat for a debate, implying that it's not good. You know? And I haven't heard anyone ask him, so it was 81%. Where do you think it should be? Oh, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to tell you what the answer should be, you know? But I'm just going to bitch and moan about it for 24 7, 365 days a year, for four years, write my books, and bitch, 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 bitch about shit. And try to make everything political because that's what he gets paid to do. And he's also what pisses me off is he's attached to a damn church. I'm like, what the hell? You know, we're citizens of heaven, people. But he, he he'll use the same. This is the this is the tricky thing about Christians is he'll take that same damn thing. And say, well, you know, our citizens of heaven. So 81% of the people shouldn't be voting for Republicans. You know, well, what? Why? Well, what? What? Oh, because he's evil and stuff. Yeah, but the other guy's wife. The other one was a wife of a pedophile, dude. She still supports the pedophilia. So is that any better? And so you can't win on morality, like which which one is more moral, right? You can't, there's no, it's like, well, is pedophilia worse than saying a video and making a comment, you know? Or going with a porn star and paying 150 grand or whatever. Is that is that worse than the pedophilia, you know? And now this woman is like, is uh, talking about Andrew, the prince. You know, maybe if she gets like, if the royal family would give her like $1 billion, maybe that would be, make her happy. Maybe that would be justice. I don't know, but why am I thinking about it? Why are we, why? why? It's because it's in the media and it's shoved in my face. So the real Christian thing to do is like back off all this media crap. And it's hard for me to do. I'm, I'm battling that. And maybe you do in a small way. You probably, you know, on a distribution curve, I'm probably way over there. But we all have an element of it. I can't believe that someone doesn't spend more, you know, at least one hour a week with this crap. And I probably get sucked into like 20 hours of it a week. So I'm way out there on the distribution curve. And... So what else did I learn from my wife? I'm, I'm learning 
about communication. She, she gave me some positive feedback. She was like, oh, yeah, we're all, Paul says we're in the flesh or walk in the spirit. So she was all, yeah, I like that, walk in the spirit, yeah. And I admit, it's not, we're, none of us are going to be 100% walking in the spirit and being full of love, joy, peace, patience. But we can move that direction. So it's better to move in that direction than to spend hours and hours in writing books about changing the culture. And that's my other pet peeve. Is the approach seems to be, and it's really hard for me to nail this down and be very succinct on it, but essentially it's, it seems that the message of the church a lot of times with these political dudes is like group, I call it groupthink or group influence. So when someone says like, we're going to change the culture, that's bunk. That's not, that's not, the biblical is each person changes. Each person, we can be changed. We can focus on ourselves and change, which reminds me, I got to go work out and go to, go to the gym because nobody can lift the weights for me. I have to do it. So I woke up this morning pretty fired up on this stuff. I'm not sure. I don't know if it's because I'm getting impatient. On the one hand, I'm glad. I also realized, like, once I get a job, I'm going to be, like, distracted again. I'll be, like, focused on that. And I think I really need to focus on this message and make sure I don't just live and exchange time for money because I have a great message. I have great, important stuff for you, for all of us, for myself, living free. Hey, good morning. You don't want to bring the big dogs out with you? No, it's too much. Too much, too much work on that? All right. So, arrogance, male privilege we talked about. And I hope there was some value to you there. Yeah, you might be pissed off at me. Maybe you think I have the wrong political views. But I'm trying to say that I don't really think we should have any political views or that is just like let it go morning just let it go and do do the uh, citizenship is heaven vote just you're going to vote if you're voting age if you're eligible to vote in this country (laughs) maybe think about it for six hours at the most go in there and vote i mean what do you need more than six hours we're going to hear all kinds of crap all kinds of ads all kinds of crap and probably more, everybody's made up their mind already what they're going to do based on four years of their life experience. So if your life experience has been pretty good the last four years, are any of us going to be influenced by some talking head on TV or some emotional video? I guess some people will be influenced. And the marketers probably already know the answer, like how many will be influenced. So it is what it is. So I have to, it's tough you know, to, to tune it out, get focused. So this is my personal battle. And I'll have to think about how I come across. I do, I'm getting feedback, which is good. It's like, that's painful a bit to like know that like, oh, you're coming across angry. You're coming across 
they're coming across arrogant and I guess, you know, I'm accepting the feedback and I don't know what, if you're listening to this and listen to it more than once, um, this is the first podcast where I've consciously been thinking about arrogance. Like, how do I come across? But I, I hope, I think I'm just authentic. So some of my authenticity includes a measure of arrogance. Uh, well, maybe you enjoy it. I don't know. I, I, again, arrogance is a complex subject because I honestly, if I say, yes, I have demonstrated a level of arrogance, well, I can tell you that with 100% certainty, the thought never enters my mind to decide to be arrogant. I never decide to do that. I don't, I don't prepare my thoughts and go, okay, I'm going to say this because I want people to think I'm arrogant. So it's probably a level of self-awareness, self-control. And part of my soulless or whatever or comfort level is there's 7 billion people on the planet. So we're never going to please everybody. So I got to stick to my message, stick to my thing, do what I'm here called here to do, which has taken me months to get to this point. And I got ways to go. I'm not even there yet. I'm not fully there. But this is the this this is a fundamental issue that's going to either allow for growth if I understand it. And I need people around me that are supporters that get me and can help me. So I, I made a little step with my wife this morning. And I'm about three minutes from home, so I'm going to have to shut up and not talk about it anymore. <laughs> and uh, figure out what to do. So I've, I've expended a lot of energy the last couple hours, and you've only got the last, I don't know, 45 minutes of it. And uh, so that was the background. That was also part of my preparation the uh, going over the fundamentals of great relationship, witty with them, which is what is that to you? You follow me. And uh, walking in the spirit and personal transformation. These are all things that I need to do. I don't have a master. And I can only guide you in a path. I can't tell you how to do it because we all have our own life's journey. So talk about being arrogant. Those that stand and tell you, this is, you know, do this, do that, to change your life is, uh, that's that's pretty arrogant. And uh, in a way, I'm, am I, I'm indirectly saying to get the guide and the guide, I'm not the guide. I keep I'm saying to myself, I'm the guide to the guide, and the guide is eternal, Holy Spirit guide. And we need to listen to the guide more than any other person. Listen to your guide. All right? So, refining the message. 
whilst, whilst, not just while, but whilst walking bud. Right, bud? So we're here. We're back home. Let's go take on the day with grace, mercy, and peace. I will give him some food. Yes, yes. Food for both.